Mark your calendars and join all your ACB friends June 17th for the ACB Summer Auction. It's going to be a fun night of friends and fundraising for ACB. Some of our ACB leaders will be auctioning off items such as crafts, collectibles, jewelry, vacations, and food. It all gets underway at 7 p.m. Eastern on Zoom and ACB Media. But you can get a head start on all the fun with the Appetizer Auction, June 15th and 16th. To find out more, get in touch with Leslie Spoon by emailing Leslie Spoon at CFL.RR.com. That's Leslie Spoon at CFL.RR.com. Get ready to get bidding at the ACB Summer Auction, Saturday, June 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Zoom and ACB Media. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Thank you, Melinda. Thank you, Abraham. And hello, everybody. This is Vileen Shah, your facilitator, welcoming you on... June the 15th, 2023, to I Love Braille, our weekly webinar via Zoom. This event is sponsored by the East Bay Center for the Blind in Berkeley, California, and it's supported by the American Council of the Blind. My special welcome to ACB's representative, Belinda, who is also a streamer and taking care of Clubhouse, and Abraham, who is our regular host, and also Jewel, our guest speaker. The third Thursday of every month, as you know, we have a poll star. And the poll star is one of the participants who shares his or her story about learning and using Braille. Let me check with Jill. Hey, Jill. Hello. Hi. Hello. C could you share your story, how you happen to learn Braille and how what you how sure. you're using? Okay. Here we go. Okay. We got a presenter. Right. Thank Are you, you so much, Jill. Thank you. You caught me and, on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> and also tell us a little bit more about yourself, okay? Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm Jill, and um, I've been legally blind since birth. I was diagnosed with Stargardt's disease, and which is was also called at the time juvenile macular degeneration. And I'm currently 53. And then when I turned, when I was about 30, I started losing peripheral vision. So as a child, I had just central vision loss. So my mobility was fine, uh, pretty good. Um, I was able to ride a bike and I didn't need any mobility devices. And then um, when I was 30, I started tripping on things and uh, I would go yearly to a retina specialist. 
and then um, then they they re-diagnosed me with RP, a form of RP known as rod cone dystrophy. And then I became involved with, um, so as a child, let me back up real quick. As a child, I had um, a teacher come from the Division of Blind Services. She would come like once a week. And then I would use magnif magnifiers and a CCTV and just like low vision things, the 2020 pen, things like that. And then a lot of audio using, I used cassettes at the time, the four track players to listen to books. And then, uh, so I, that's how I mostly did my schoolwork as a child. And then they taught me to type, to touch type so that I, uh, and I used a typewriter. They didn't have computers back then. And then when I went to college, um, trying to think, it was that's when I'm trying to think when I it was about. Let me think of the year. Well, it was '88. I started college and I got my associate's degree. And then, then when I went for my bachelor's degree, that's when computers started coming out. And the first. There was Magic was one of the first screen reader magnification programs. So I was using that at the time. And then um, that most, a lot of audio, everything through audio. And then um, I would have rehire people to do, to read if I had to do journal articles um then I we'd go and they would help me find the book and we'd have to print it out make photocopies and then I would give it to the reader and then the reader would then like a week later um they would record it and then I would play the cassettes and then so that's how I I would access all of my material and I, so now when I think back how, if I only had um, my iPhone and iPad and all that, it would have been a lot easier, but I was determined and I got my bachelor's degree in psychology. And then I had got, got my master's degree in mental health counseling. And it was all through the use of, uh, well, in my master's, I did um, used mostly that magic um, screen magnification. But then, so at that time I was 23 and then I worked it as a social worker for a few years. And then I worked in university as a um, learning specialist. And that at that time I had learned JAWS and did most of my work that way through JAWS. And I would use um, Magic at the time had where you had, all, you can use, it was a screen reader combined, or it was Zoom text, I'm sorry. Zoom text where you can use the Fusion. It had voice and, um, voice and um, large print magnification. And then 
um, I started going to the National Federation of the Blind, the NFB in my area, there wasn't an ACB chapter there at the time. And the president encouraged me to start learning some Braille. So then at that time, I had done the Hadley courses. And I did Braille literacy one, two and three. I struggled with four. So I, I mainly just did grade one for labeling materials in the house and making lists and phone numbers, like things just basic, not things like that. And then, um, then when I became, um, then like years later, uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm doing this like off the cuff. I'm not prepared with the actual dates. So bear with me on that. I'm kind of just doing it from the top of my head, but I'm glad to be able to fill in. And then, um, so then I joined, I got in contact with ACB community and then I started going to, I said, you know what, let me, this is a good time to revisit my braille skills and and then I started checking out the braille together calls and then that with and um, then I met Dorlin and then it was so much fun the Saturdays with all her games and and then I I was doing that for about a year and then I said you know what let me check out the braille room see what's going on in there and then I would go to that on Tuesdays and Sundays. And then someone had mentioned the McDuffie Reader, which is a program through that you can get through the independence market. Um, that's part of the NFB store. And so I got the McDuffie Reader, which is a program just like around 50 lessons. And then I started doing that in the Braille room with some really great mentors. And then I've been sticking with that for doing that about, I would say, maybe a year now, because I've been going to the um, Braille Together calls probably about two years now. And um, so just sticking with that and going through the lessons and um, it's really a great program. I highly recommend it. And also just having other people to do it with, uh, other learners, because you're, you're put together in, in a breakout room. So just having the camaraderie and it makes it fun. And then the expertise of the mentors. So I've just been doing that. And then since the Braille On Demand program, with the National Library Service. We all, on those calls, we exchange different book ideas of things to order so that you can have it in hard copy. Or if you have a Braille display, you can download that BRF file onto the Braille display. So it's fun just talking about different books to get in Braille. And then through uh, most recently in the Braille Together, um, Dorlin does a monthly calendar call 
which helps there's different braille calendars and she helps acclimate people to uh, the different calendars and we take turns reading and listening and so that that's been a lot of fun and then also now there's deciphering dots where uh, we're, we're on our second book now and it's let's have a sleepover and so that is where for me it's been amazing to learn the punctuation and all of the um, different indicator signs because when you actually see it in a book and you're reading and you come across it in context i feel like for me that's been the greatest way to learn the different punctuation and the indicator signs um, just seeing it as it naturally occurs in in a book so that's been a great uh, learning uh, experience for me and also just the practice of reading aloud and following along when you hear when you're listening to other people you get the practice of tracking and just the camaraderie like I said it's just a great group of people and we have fun and we laugh and um, so I highly recommend um, no matter it's it's great no matter what level you're at it's just a great um, way of practicing braille and seeing how other people are learning and using it so i'm trying to think what else i can um uh share um, or if you want to open it up to tell us more how challenging you found when you learned braille i found um at the beginning I found it, uh, grade one, I found it to be pretty easy. I mean, you had to still keep sticking with it and practicing it. Um, when I had done Hadley, uh, we were reading and writing at the same time, which that was really helpful to, to learn to read and write together. That uh -huh. I'm so glad I, I did that. Mm -hmm. um, my challenge was when I was getting into the contractions, reading to me was much easier than writing. I, had, I was making a lot of mistakes and that's where that was difficult. I found more challenging the writing of the contractions, remembering. So I guess it like for reading, it's more, it's two parts of memory. There's recognition and recall. So the recognition is a simpler form of memory to because you're just recognizing it. So reading, I was able to say, okay, yeah, I recognize that and I can read it. But when it comes to writing, you have to recall it from memory. There's no like cues. It's just you have you you know it or you <laughs> don't. You can recall yeah. it or you can't. So it it required a more complex form of memory. So that I found to be more challenging, the writing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So when we do the games on Saturday and also when we do the Braille drawings in the Braille together, mm -hmm. that's where I get to practice the writing and, and 
remembering that that skill because you have to really practice both skills, I find, to really just be fully literate in Braille. Um, and one thing back that in my early childhood, I wish they had just taught me Braille from the beginning. It would I would have been, I think my literacy, literacy skills as a whole would have been much more uh, doing everything auditorily is not um, really being fully literate, I don't think, because my spelling was not as good as it could have been if I had known Braille. My punctuation skills were not where they should have been. Um, so I would have to have things proofread. I would have sighted people proofread things because I didn't have the technology at the time to, to do all of that. Um, so um, it was kind of a thing like once I became an adult, um, I wish my parents had known and advocated more for that. I wish teachers um, had advocated for that. So I think that children should, if you have low vision uh, or if you're considered legally blind, you should be taught Braille automatically. I don't, I don't think it does people any service using residual vision because even though you can see, I don't think you're working to your full potential. So mm -hmm. that's kind of my soapbox. If I can go back and <laughs> tell every parent of a, uh, that has a child that's low vision or, um, to definitely teach them, get them exposed to Braille, because I think it's so much easier to learn it as a child. The younger you are, the easier yes. it is to learn. And then I just um, came to a point where I just said, I have to know this because with RP, you're just constantly losing vision. And then I can't moan and groan anymore and say why wasn't I taught rail as a child it's just <laughs> I'm just gonna learn it and do it so yeah. yeah um yeah I hope that answers your question of, it does, of it does. Uh, great. how challenging that it was and you did a great job ex extempore presentation Without Thank preparation you. without <laughs> any, no? yeah, I that was fantastic uh one Point I would like to clarify for some of the participants, uh, Jill mentioned Braille literacy 1, 2, and 3, and 4. So 1, 2, and 3 were meant for teaching uncontracted Braille. Yes. Mm -hmm. And 4 was teaching contracted Braille. Of course, things are different now, but that's how it was. And we do have at East Bay Center for the Blind similar plans that we are uh, working on. Uh, we have Braille literacy. We don't call it, I mean, it is literacy. Braille means literacy. So we call it Braille 101, which teaches you how to read uncontracted Braille. And Braille 102 teaches you how to read contracted Braille. 
but Braille 103 will teach you how to write in Braille. And Braille 104 will teach you how to enhance your proficiency in Braille. So we are almost done with Braille 101, and I have started enrolling students. Uh, of course, a little bit behind, we are in recording the script. But those who are able to use computer and listen to their screen readers, we do have our script ready, and I already emailed it. So I'm so happy to announce that within less than two weeks, I got 10 students who enrolled in our Braille 101. And of course, those support systems are great, Braille Together and Braille Room. So anybody can use that uh, opportunity. Uh, with that, uh, I'm pretty sure people do have questions. But once again, thank you so much, Jill, for filling in. And we're doing a great extempore presentation. Thank you. So, so exciting welcome. and inspirational as well. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you ready for questions? Sure. All right. Let's see, Abraham. Do we have any hand raised? Uh, we do. Yes. We have Beth up first. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Beth. Yeah, yes. Have, Hi. Yeah, I have a question. Um, now, can you explain more about the the McDuffie? Is that like reader? Is it kind of like the um, uh, e-reader? Does it primarily just do Braille? And well, okay, so it's called the McDuffie reader, and it's approximately twenty to thirty dollars. It uh, used okay. to be twenty dollars. Now, yeah. maybe more. I do not know. And that's an Probably. NFB publication, right? Yes, it's yeah. through the Independence Good. Market, and it comes as a one-volume hard copy Braille book. Okay. And um, the the first few, like the contents, is written in contracted Braille, so. That's why it really is, it's a difficult one to do on your own. I, it, it can be done. I don't like to say it can't, nothing. <laughs> we, we can do anything we put our minds yeah. to. But, um, it, it's helpful to go through it with a mentor, but it takes you from the alphabet and then uh, all the way through to um contractions and um different uh type indicators and then yeah so it's really the whole code in that yeah. one volume and it's maybe around 50 lessons and then oh, each I lesson each lesson is is probably uh, most of them are about one page mm -hmm. so occasionally you'll get a lesson that'll carry over to two pages right i thought it was a machine i guess i oh no I, yeah it's just a hard copy uh, it's book. a hard copy braille book mm -hmm. yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, thanks ben. Good to ask. curious mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. thanks it was good speech by the way oh thank yeah. you i appreciate <laughs> it yeah okay thank you beth and who is next Dorothy. Um, yes, we have Dorothy up next. Yes, Dorothy. Uh, Hi, Dorothy. Hey, Dorothy. Oh, my goodness. Yes, you are with us. <laughs> hello. Yes. Uh, hello, uh, Jill. 
uh, J-I-L-L, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, Jill, I, I'm trying out two new hearing aids, and I'm finding that I still can't always hear what people are saying. The first letter sometimes escapes me. Jill, thank you so much. You did a great job. But I think you're so well prepared in life, though, and I don't know how early you were diagnosed with Stargardt. Can you start with telling us what, what age were you when you were diagnosed? Sure. Um, I was diagnosed at age seven, and but they noticed when I when I started kindergarten, mostly first grade, I wasn't reading what was on the board, and I couldn't read. And they kept put they did all kinds of eye tests, like the schools at the time I lived in New York, and they did like screenings just of basic. I think like all the kids would get that and basic hearing and eye tests, like a, a screening. And then they, if there was something, they would refer you to an optometrist. And then when I, I, they were sending me to an optometrist and they would say, well, we don't see anything wrong. We can't figure out. We don't know if she's just saying this to try to get attention or <laughs> um, so they knew at, Eight, around age five, something wasn't quite right. And then they sent me to, then when I, I went to, in Florida, there's the Baskin Palmer Eye Institute in Miami. And then I went to a retina specialist there. And then they did all, every kind of test they had at that time. And then um, that at that age of seven, then they realized that their my macula had retinal damage on like there was I forgot what they call it. Um, but there was a problem and then they realized that there was um, like the cell death on the macula. So that's when I was diagnosed and then that's then the schools had me um, registered with the Division of Blind Services and the Talking Book Library. And um, that's so great, that was, but no, no Braille, huh? No, and it was really unfortunate. But I don't know if um, my parents were, I don't know if they were in denial or um, I know I just say they did the best that they could. So I know I never met another visually impaired or blind person until I went to college and then I joined NFB. So they never were involved with any, I don't know if it was just because that at that time, it was just that's the way it was. It was like a stigma of uh, a lot of stigma associated with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard that before with other students. Uh, but you've, you've done so well because you got a lot of education. Uh, well, like Valene did, but Valene did it with a slate and stylus. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, you, you used other tools. And so kudos to you. You've done a terrific job of getting an education and you're well-spoken. So I thank, thank you, you for telling us. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for telling us your story. I don't know if if you know it, Jill, but I only found out uh, about a year ago when I met my new retinal guy, and I did not know that he's a neurologist first and then a, a retinal specialist. Mm-hmm. But um, there are like 20 things that can uh, make up RP, and so there's... Uh, three of us in the room right now that I know of maybe more that have RP, but 20 things, you know, and it can be one or several things that make up RP. Uh, But you're only the second person I've ever met that's been diagnosed with Stargardt. And they tried to pigeonhole me for that, but my diagnostic work went through years and they never really found out, you know, they've, there's things I know now that I did not know, but only because the the last doctor I had, which is why I just switched, uh, was not telling me what was there. And uh, so we all have a different story. And thank you for sharing mm-hmm. yours today. Your story is terrific and your skills are good. So thank you. Over. Thank you. Well, just one quick thing to add to what you just said. Um, so they said I had rod cone dystrophy. And then and when I was 30, and then uh, just last month, I had the genetic testing done. And so I'm uh-huh. still waiting to hear back of that. So I'm not sure what that's going to tell me or what it would matter, but I just wanted to do it for curiosity's sake. Yeah, I, I just had that done too. And when did you have yours done? About a month ago, but I haven't gotten the results yet. Yeah, it's it's kind of slow and it's a process, but I think that does help, especially like uh, in my case, I had two kids. So mm-hmm. for me to find out what can they expect and my grandchildren. And so, you know, that would be one reason to find mm-hmm. out. But yeah, the rods and cones thing, I think that's real typical. Uh, I don't know if someone else that has RP in here can tell us, but uh, the rods and cones problem is really bad because your eyes don't adjust to light and dark, as you know. Yes. And that Mm -hmm. uh, light hurts a lot. So Mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that that too with us. Thanks. Thank you. Sure. Um, we yeah. have Deborah up next. Yes. Deborah from Canada, right, Deborah? Hello, Jill. Hello, Deborah. So I'm just being nosy. What did you put on your grocery list in Braille today? <laughs> <laughs> half, half, halfway through, um, apples, bananas. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Did you write grade two Braille? Uh, I think so. But you know what I write? Um, sometimes I catch myself I'm writing in both grade one and two, because if I forget what the contraction is for writing, mm-hmm. then, uh, then I just, uh, so I'm glad I'm the only one reading it. I yeah, for your, your own purpose. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usable, personal usable Braille. That's what I call yes. it. Yes. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good. thanks, Deborah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was a good presentation. Thank you. That's for sure. And uh, 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 yeah, I think, you know, NFB is a staunch supporter of Braille. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure you got much support uh, for learning Braille when you joined NFB. Yeah, well, the president was really an advocate and that's, um, yeah. he's the one that first like kept encouraging me to do it. And he, mm-hmm. he just like, just start with the alphabet to label things. And then I did, so. Okay, good. All right, we have one more hand raised. Two more. Um, Two more, no. okay, very good. Anybody so in the clubhouse, by the way? Oh, sorry. Oh, um, Bell? Anybody Bell? there in the clubhouse? Okay, all right, we go to Nora. Okay. Nora, right? Yes. Yeah, Nora. Hi, Hi Nora. Nora. Hello, hi, everyone. Hi, mm-hmm. Jill. Uh, and glad to hear your voice again. And Thank you. You're welcome. And my uh, my question is, when you were, were you diagnosed with, with uh, any visual problems when you were, uh, back when you were born? No, when I, it wasn't until I started school age that, um, that they noticed when it, when it came to reading, like fine, like, cause the macula has to do with, um, like fine detailed vision. So mm-hmm. I, you know, my parents didn't notice anything like when I was just playing yeah. And it just, I was able to see whatever I was playing with and didn't run into things. And so yeah. I think yeah. now it probably would have been picked up earlier because a lot of kids go to preschool and I think they're introduced to more, like, I don't know, I think. It, it probably would have been picked up sooner. Yeah. There's but, more of a focus on like early intervention of things and earlier diagnoses. And yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Because, you know, the earlier the, those things are introduced, the, the better the uh, outcome and uh, for the child to learn and acclimate to whatever it is that the challenge is. Oh, yeah. I'm going to read Braille when I was an adult, but the challenge I have is how to use because I have three fingers in my right hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh-huh. I use my one finger or thumb to read Braille. Yeah, I know. I used, I used, I always read what with large print, but I used to learn one. I learned to read braille because I wanted to, and see what it was like. And now I, I need to catch up, catch up back on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your presentation was wonderful. Thank oh, you very thank much. You. You're welcome. welcome. Yeah, yet keep um, reading braille. Yep, I sure will. Sure will when I can, and and I'll. Hope to see you again soon. You will. Thanks, Nora. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you, Nora. And uh, I think Beth has a question again, right, Abraham? Yes. Yes. Beth. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I w- first I was going to say I do agree with um, 
the NFB. And I think like, like, um, I, uh, just, just got to put my speech on my phone off. Um, yeah, I, I do agree. Like, uh, Braille should be, um, taught as early as possible, whether the student has vision, like, um, when I was in at the foundation for the junior blind, there was a woman who um, could see quite a bit and they were trying to put a blindfold on her so she could read Braille with her hands trying to teach her, but she just couldn't do it. She just didn't like it. So, but mm -hmm. I think, but, but yeah, now, now I hear 10% of kids are learning Braille, I guess only 10%, I guess a lot of teachers don't know it or something, or mm -hmm. maybe it's because of technology, but I was wondering like, um, what was the hardest um, thing in Braille that like the contractions or what, what was the hardest um, thing in Braille? Like uh, that, you know, um, the letters or the contractions. I think some of remembering the ending contractions like T I O N S I O N. That, yeah. That mm. was a little challenging. I had to really, um, you know, to remember, there was a lot to remember. Yeah. And the, the older you get, your memory is not as sharp as, <laughs> as uh, you, you know, you have to really do the repetition of it and keep doing it. Yeah. Where, now it's changed like T-I-O-N. It, it used mm -hmm. to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings up, a, I've only, um, see, I've only, ever learned UEB which I um made it easier for me because mm -hmm. at the time I just did grade one which was the same um so I only know the UEB now I've mm -hmm. gotten a little familiar with a few of the older contractions just if, by looking at some of the older books of hard copy but um, yeah, I know some of, you know, it's difficult for some people to transition to the new, but it's just like anything else. If you just focus and do it and want to, you'll, yeah. You'll do it. Yeah. Well, and thanks, as Beth, I mentioned, I, I answered your question. Yeah. I was going to say too. Yeah. Yeah. You did. Um, I guess one teacher said for her birthday or for somebody's birthday, who's blind, somebody made a cake and they used Braille with chocolate chips, which I found really oh, yeah. fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can do it that way. I I learned also with this, something called a swing cell. It was with eggs and mm -hmm. that swung like, it was interesting. Yeah, there's so many creative ways to, to, uh, represent the the six cell the cells the dots mm -hmm. yeah there's yeah. a lot of fun ways to make children want to learn it and an easy way to do it right we used to have some right. students at the ross mcdonald school for the blind that would uh, they would they the partially sighted uh students they mm -hmm. they'd learn to read braille all right they they'd read it with their eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Just out of curiosity or just uh, to support, I think they 
they learn. And that's how, you know, we have many Braille teachers who are cited in the uh, public sector or uh, public schools. Um, okay, we have two more hands raised, but uh, uh, one thing I just wanted to add here, uh, you know, as I said earlier, NFB is a staunch supporter of Braille. Uh, actually, ACP is also equally supporting Braille, or you know, and mm -hmm. uh, ACB has its own uh, a special interest affiliate called Braille Revival League. Yes, I'm a member of the Braille Revival League. You are? Okay, yes. I'm me too, mm -hmm. yeah. And mm -hmm. NFB also has some similar uh, interest, uh, special interest group, uh, which uh, I just forgot, but they do call it something to do with Braille, you know, that, that supports promotion of Braille, which is Really needed, really needed. Yeah, and um, on Wednesday, the 21st of June, I believe at 2 o'clock Eastern, the Braille Revival League is having a membership meeting. So Yeah, that's next yeah. Uh, Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 that's right. Mm -hmm. That's true. Okay, let's see. Next hand raised. Next hand raised is Linda Linda Pye. Linda Pye. Hi, Jill. Thank Hello, you so Linda. much. Very much. What a great story. I am so happy to hear somebody else loves punctuation and spelling as much as I do. Uh -huh. <laughs> do you find that it changed your um, understanding of what was being written in when you went from audio to uh, Braille? Well, um, Mary Halp does, Hop does a class called Homophones, which is on um, the ACB community calls. That's on Tuesdays at three. So that was like homophones are words that sound the same, but are spelled differently. And mm -hmm. I never, there were so many, because just doing everything auditorily, I didn't realize how differently those words were all spelled so um that was a challenge and it's great to learn those and have those spelled correctly um i'm trying to think um what was your question again that well was i'm the... wondering i'm wondering if like when when you listen to something if you then read a book Mm -hmm. Did you ever did you ever disagree sort of with the uh, narrator's interpreter of the punctuation? Like if you had an exclamation point or a double exclamation point, did you catch that nuance with through the narration versus during reading it? Right. Well, I didn't know how to use like um commas correctly and semicolons and colons and when they would use like ellipsis yeah. like all of those things I didn't pick up in you the narr in the narration so it's kind of like the traffic signals <laughs> I like <laughs> to use that analogy like punctuation like when you're reading, it's the when you're supposed to slow down and pause and, and stop and all of that. So I missed out on that. I was more, I would just get 
the fact, whatever the information was. So, yeah, there was that nuance of um, that's probably why I never developed a love for fiction, because I think fiction, the punctuation is what really brings it to life Mm -hmm. to a different level. Um, and I was more just a nonfiction, just, just give me the facts, give me the information. Right. But I do, um, I do prefer like computer voices. If I'm listening to books, I don't Mm -hmm. like when they're dramatized. I don't know why. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I have a preference for just give me the, (laughs) give me the information because in Uh my mind, I want to be able to dramatize it and interpret it the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. The only times I like, I like when books are read by the author. That's the only caveat. If, if it's narrated by the author, I love that. But I, I do prefer just like a more computer voice. So like, I'll, I like voiceover with, um, if I'm reading a book on Kindle, I prefer to use voiceover to listen to the Kindle book as opposed to getting an audible book. How fast do you speed up your um, audio play? Um, It depends if it's just something where I really want to pay attention to and, you know, like focus more on like a how-to book. Mm-hmm. I would say I put it at like 150, mm-hmm. or 125, 150. And then um, if it's just for listening, for just to kind of catch the main themes of the story, then I'll speed it up to like 175. Yeah. Very oh, yeah, okay. more of, um, I used to read more just for, for quantity and just, and I just go through so much more. Now I'm more of a mindful, <laughs> like yeah. I intentionally mm-hmm. go slower so I can really process it and read more intentionally than, than I used to before. I guess when I was in school uh, in, in college, I used to have to read a lot. Yeah. So now that I, I, read less and more intentionally, I would say. Well, thank you very, very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you, Linda. Yep. Um, we have 12 minutes okay. and three hands up. Three hands up, uh, yes, in 12 yes. minutes. Alice, so, right? Yes, we have Alice, Masa, and up next. Yeah, here, here is a quite experienced Braille person, Alice. Hello, Jill. Hi, Alice. Jill, thank you so much for such an outstanding extemporaneous presentation. You are such a poised speaker. It was really a pleasure to hear you. Thank you. And you and I have something in common because way back in 1955, when I was five years old and before I started school because our little rural school only began with first grade, no kindergarten. Mm-hmm. My doctor suggested to my parents that they have my eyes checked out by an ophthalmologist. And so eventually I also was diagnosed with juvenile macular degeneration. 
as okay. a child then. Now, mm -hmm. my childhood and teenage years, I really did not have contact with other blind children or teenagers. But as an adult, I had uh, contact with many, many blind individuals. And mm -hmm. uh, I really only met one other person who was also with my same eye condition. Mm -hmm. and so uh, that's just there, not something we hear about all that often. So I was curious, you know, I was about your saying that as well, that you had that same experience. I also was not taught Braille. All the ophthalmologists kept insisting that I would not lose all my vision. Mm -hmm. And so I was never taught Braille. I did use various types of large print and magnification for many years. But then at 30, I finally taught myself <laughs> Braille and uh, then went on with that. But it's it was very interesting to yeah, hear. Yeah, we, we are some, we do have that similar early years. And um, I guess it just was, that's the way that it was at that time. And I, I think it's always interesting to me. People who've had our experience always say, I wish I had learned Braille at a younger age. And I know mm -hmm. I, I truly felt that. But we never hear someone say who lost vision later in life due to a progressive condition. I'm glad I didn't learn Braille when I was younger. Exactly. I yeah. never have heard anybody say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the opposite. So if only teachers and rehab counselors and so forth and administrators in schools would, Correct. would listen yeah. and realize and take action. I know there's little time left. Just thank you so much for stepping in. No, no, so that's fine. That's fine. We have time. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, you're, okay. you're very welcome. So, thank you. Welcome. Alice. Yeah. And uh, we go to next. Uh, thank you, Alice. Uh, next is Juan. Juan, yes. Hi, Juan. Hello. Um, hi, Juan. Yeah. Hi. I just wanted to say this: you had a really um, good presentation. Um, I myself am a Braille user. I've been a Braille user all my life. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> my eye condition was actually different. Mine actually ROP, retina through your prematurity. And, um, and um, I don't really have any questions, but I just wanted to say that I did learn a lot about um, the swing cell and the braille i never use i never learned unified braille but i did learn grades one and two mm -hmm. so that's what, that's what i'm good at i could still do it um right now i don't have any braille books so right now i use a lot of you know um the iphone and stuff like that but i do support braille a lot especially like somebody was saying um i think it's kind of sad that technology is really taking over in a sense because like they somebody was saying it's only 10 percent of people um know braille and i'm one i'm one of them and i wish pe more people would know braille i feel mm -hmm. like yeah so. i know you're in acb i know you're a big advocate of braille and yeah. i want to challenge you to um go and order your favorite book in hard copy braille through the Braille on Demand program, just to have, yeah. <laughs> just Ooh, to yeah, have yeah. at least that, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, and I'm glad you learned Braille as early as you did. Awesome, thank you. 
Thanks, Juan. Thank you, Juan. Thank you. Go to next. We have Marsha up next. Marsha. Hear me now? Oh, yes, yeah. we can. Yes, we yeah. can now. Yes. I'm on, I'm on a phone and I have to turn the speech on so I can find the unmute button and all that kind of stuff. Jill, what I wanted to say is when you were talking about having the trouble with the tea, tea on with the, you know. Um, but you made it. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to say is you have four or five and a contraction, you have five, six and a contraction. So what I did, and I'm just going to give you an example. I took the four or five contraction and made my own sentence so that I had to use all five of the letters that use the four or five mm -hmm. uh, before it. So the right. sentence, so I did that with all four of those. And the one I did with the four or five is upon my word. So mm -hmm. upon and word use that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Comma, comma, whose authority chose these and those rules. So, <laughs> so it uses the four or five in all. That, the oh, that's really good. That's very creative. Well, I'm going to have you. <laughs> and thank you for sharing that, Marcia. The, when we're in the Braille room, I'm going to have oh. you repeat that so I can note that down. Yeah, if I had. You know, if I had your email or whatever, I could send those sentences to you. The the longest one, of course, was the five six because that has six or seven of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's but, a good strategy. And then I wrote it on an index card, and so when we're out in the car, he's deaf, and I don't want to talk to him and take him away from his driving. So I pull <laughs> yeah. out that index card mm -hmm. and read each one of those while I'm in the car because on the index card I can put it in my lap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just have those index cards handy and just um, quick access to it and mm -hmm. keep reviewing it. But thanks, Marcia. That is a good making a sentence using all of those. That's a good. Mm -hmm. And there's not that's... that many. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Yourself. So that's how you can self-teach yourself yes. by doing mm -hmm. such creative things. Good that's idea, Marcia. Marcia, I need, so an email. I need an email from you just saying hello. Send your email at shah, S-H-A-H, -H, at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org. Okay? Yeah, and I want to be put on the list so that I get an email when this is coming up because it's so hard to get through all the ACB things. Oh, oh yeah. So are you on our email list or no? I don't know. I don't think so. so oh, no. I, then, then, oh, yeah. Once you send me an email, I will, Abraham will add you to the email list. So you will, will get weekly announcement every time, you know. I would I, love that. And, and I, I, I had something going on and couldn't hear Jill's, Jill's talk. So I'd like to get to that podcast and hear what she had to say because she's one of my favorite people. Oh, oh thank you, Marcia. She cannot share her personal email here. But anywhere no. else, wherever possible. Otherwise, yeah. if she Jill, can get per it through. Jill permits, I will send her email to you. You know, sure. you can That's share fine. through me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. One of one of the things she did, she took regular contact paper and used that to braille. And so I went out and bought contact paper. You know, mm -hmm. rather than buy buy something else for labeling things. So that was one of the hints I got from her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Great. Do we Thanks, have anybody Martin. else now? Thank you, Marsha. Um, no, more raised hands. Right. Yeah, in Zoom. And, and Belinda hasn't raised her hand, so there's no one in Clubhouse. Right. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, and we have oh, one minute left. And we have one minute. Oh, left. Wonderful. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. So once again, thank you so much, Jill. And thank you, Belinda and Abraham as well. And of course, thank you, everybody, for attending today. And by the way, Julie, we have had some 28 participants. Uh, that includes some people like, you know, our friend Luis from Brazil and uh, uh, people from Canada, Nigeria, Macedonia, India, uh, and South Africa, and uh, maybe some other country that I don't remember. But in addition to the United States, we had people from different countries, which is a beauty of Isle of Braille. People have started leaving. I wish you all a good a week ahead and good weekend. And I'll see you next Thursday with Braille puzzles, Braille scrambles, scribbles. So that will be interesting. And with that, I wish you all good luck and bye now.